Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple B, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake loses his winning in. Chuck makes the top four. And we are joined by an old friend. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? Moving up, one floor at a time. Last week sucked you, you surpassed what I did, oh, what, two, two or three weekends ago? Yes, so moved from top eight to top four. So we'll congrats, see congrats. If, if if we can talk finals in the in next event or next time we next time we're in an event, we both we need to make the finals. That way we can have bragging yeah. rights over one another. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, but no, I mean we'll talk about your your run a little bit later, but it was awesome being able to hang out with you at the at our you know our local uh, fundraiser event, CJC. Um and being able to, you know, hang out with friends and, and and just play some Pokemon. Unfortunately, I lost my winning in to get into top cut. You did not um, get to that position, but you 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 had a pretty deep run. Uh, it was fun watching that, and um, we'll get into that. But we do have, um, you know, we do have an old an old, uh, you know, co-host here. Uh, to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the fundraiser that we were just kind of speaking of. Um, I guess it's good a, a good as time as any uh, to bring him on. Uh, so that is uh, Nick Yurko, aka the Duke of Hobbies. He's back. Hello, everyone. Yes, <laughs> good to be back. Yeah. How how are we doing, my friend? Good, good, very good. I I couldn't be happier. I mean, especially after this past weekend with the CJC, it's done. I can finally sleep. Uh, right. But no, no, it's it was it, it's been a great you know last few days here and just uh things have been good in general that's great so. that's that's great to hear um we do want to catch up with you um a little bit before we get into cjc talk um so uh for the listeners you know it's been a while so what have you been up to um in your spare time oh oh well other than running the charity event uh that we'll talk more about later uh the main thing has been i've uh focused been able to focus a lot on uh outdoor time with uh my family and stuff and mm-hmm. so it's been a lot of fun uh you know right now i'm in the thick of things with 8u baseball i'm the coach for my nephew and nice. that's just a lot of fun and i just got back from a practice right now so <laughs> right right uh I, yeah i just got back from uh my son's hockey game too so we were both out uh outdoor sports it's always fun uh well, deck hockey so yeah um, yeah, and yeah. I know, I know, you know, family, um, you know, is very important to you. Outdoors is very important to you, um, and that kind of like leads into the CJC. But again, um, you know, other than you know, maybe some baseball. Um, have you been playing any other games, uh, or is it just uh, more more family time? Uh, uh, so I've been kind of monitoring a bunch of other things right now in like terms of the game world. Um, my, I think my next little obsession here is, uh, Aerodome, which I'm very excited about because that's finally coming into play and that's a very competitive focused kind of game. And I think that's, uh, I think it's it's something that I could get behind pretty quickly and, uh, as you know, I've been enjoying it, playing it online, so, I can't wait to actually get the physical product and actually get that being played here shortly. Very cool. You'll have to let uh, Chuck and I know how that is. Uh, I've never actually heard of the game, but I'm sure uh, you'll give us a a good, honest review. Oh, yeah. I'm brutal about it. I'm brutal about it. 100%. 100%. So talking about brutal and 
Chuck and I and you uh, all came from X-Wing. Um, obviously, X-Wing was part of the CJC's part of the fundraiser. Um, I know this is not an X-Wing uh, um, you know, podcast, but how is that game um, at this point? <laughs> what is your feeling? Yeah. People are still playing. A lot of our, uh, a lot of the people were playing when you know all three of us were in the in the game. Um, have kind of like faded out of uh, you know of, of the community. So, uh, where does that game stands? Well, I'll put it this way: quick and simple is, I've never seen a game limp on by two broken legs because <laughs> it is basically a broken legacy format which I enjoy watching matches of and I help out every so often. Um, and then you have the current edition of the game that people are still kind of playing, but just not near the numbers that it used to. And I think and even the hardcore defenders of it are kind of itching. So, I mean, all, all time will tell. Time will tell with that game for sure. It's just a... Uh, yeah, it so definitely often. pains me as a you know of a lover of that game yep. um to kind of see it slowly die off i mean I, I for me it was already kind of headed in that direction when i transferred into pokemon mm-hmm. uh but mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's gone downhill even faster and a lot of our, the prominent uh you know people in our local community here in pittsburgh kind of um seen that same light yeah yeah now the neat thing is at least locally <laughs> Uh, I'll mention this because uh, related to CJC is we're looking to put on events that combine all the editions mm-hmm. for future. So we're, there was a small chat about we'll do a first edition, a second edition, and a 2.5 like tournament all in one somehow. I need um, to I need I need to bring my 5x list back from my uh, North American Championship. Run. I was see, that's <laughs> I love that fun. list. <laughs> that's the whole fun about this. Like you, you know Steve here. You know we talked to you know Steve the good with uh our professor steve with all of his different decks from all the eras of pokemon like that's what kind of inspired me to like lead a charge for this so stay tuned for that x-wing players oh man actually (laughs) please let me know because i'm i'm literally staring across from my computer and looking at all my x-wing stuff (laughs) and i have that specific list out in display uh Mm -hmm. so i i can't wait to fly that again so if you do that I know, sorry guys, Pokemon talk, but uh, oh my god, X Wing um, brings back some of the the good old memories. Exactly. Yeah, I will throw in. It was just nice to see some of the old guys that played the game. Like uh, I know Alfred's not listening to this, but uh, I played him in many a game, so it was it was nice catching up with him uh, and then uh, a couple of the other guys that were there as well. Chuck, it was so good to see you in person again. It's been <laughs> so long. I know. Even you, too. Know. Like, it, that's the thing. That's, and what, you know, when we get to the CJC, but like, ah, it just was so good to see everyone. I, yeah, I can't, I, I can't, you know, um, you know, back that up. It, 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 it was great seeing people from the X-Wing community, our book, Pokemon community, and, you know, people that were in different communities. I know there was a bunch of different games. Uh, so I was just glad to see um, so many people show up, um, you know, to support um, you and the, and and a great cause at the CJC. Uh, but before we do that, we do have two questions that are kind of um, baked into our new standard questions. <laughs> I know we've asked you um, some of the older ones that are still part of that. But Chuck, uh, do you want to start us off with one of the two of the new ones for, for Nick? Yeah, yeah, I'll leave you the fun, the, the most fun one. So we've been we've added in. Uh, we would like to know what is your fondest Pokemon memory. Um, this could be anything Ooh. Pokemon related; doesn't have to be from the trading card game or anything like that. Just something 
Pokemon adjacent. Um, that is a, a fond memory of yours. Ooh, that's that's a great question because uh, I'd have to say what stands out the most for me right now is when <laughs> when we were at a store, me, my nephew, and my my family in general. My nephew's like I don't know four or five right now. Yeah, and someone goes walking by and he goes, "Oh, that's Pikachu." And like they had it on a, sh- a Pikachu shirt on, and his whole family just stares at him, and then they stared right back at me, and we're like, "This is your fault." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I have succeeded. I am done. That is it. I've I've done my part. I can leave now." So, uh, the fact that like my nephew and actually my niece, uh, <laughs> they enjoy the they enjoy Pokemon. Uh, so it's just kind of neat seeing them name them out in the wild, just out of, off of a random person's shirt. <laughs> right, right. That's that's awesome. <laughs> you can enjoy Pokemon in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be TCG, a VGC, Go. It doesn't matter. It's like there's so many different things that keep this community in large, just kind of together. And that was you know that was a beautiful story. <laughs> all right uh let's go on to the next question um this is our you know our newest of the standard questions so um I, you know we keep it pokemon related but it really can be anything uh you're going to the finals um in, in any given tournament here and you know pokemon changes the rules uh they allow any kind of music to play as your walk-up music <laughs> what would nick yurko's uh walk-up music going to the final table be Oh, easy. It's been mine since forever, and just like pretty much every baseball player who tries to get it first, Thunderstruck. There we go. There's only one thing you walk up to. It's that. Right. (laughs) That would definitely get you pumped up to, uh, you know, (laughs) get going for this. It's the tune. I don't know how many times they actually had to ban it one time at a tournament because all you heard was basically every every person walking up. And they just were like, all right, what's the point? Everyone right. has to pick a different song. If I was, that's my serious song. Now, if I really want to psych out my opponent, though, uh, I always have a good backup one. And that's Party in the USA. Nice. By Miley Cyrus. Oh, my son. <laughs> And you, the look on someone's face when you put that song on is like, are you serious? And you just like start nodding your head right along with the tune. That's that's awesome. how that's how you play the mental game right there. A hundred percent. I can't I can't agree more. Chuck is dying over there. Play the mental game in my walk-up music. Let's go, uh, Chuck. There's a science <laughs> behind this. I kid you not. There's I like I've played so much baseball in my life and so many sports that the theory behind these are is very critical to a lot of players. Like it is, I'm I'm dead serious. Like the uh, I've seen pitchers come up and they play like this like twinkle twinkle little star, and then they throw a hundred mile an hour fastball in the middle of it, and you go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna lose like you're just, <laughs> yeah it's over you're done you uh meanwhile, it. you should have memed them <laughs> oh that's right that's right it's it's it, there's a whole science behind it it's it's very critical when you talk to certain uh, uh i think certain sports fans no i believe you on that i no, believe I that. that's where we i think this is where we got this question to begin with was when uh i can't remember the baseball player's name Kind of went viral for his walkout 
uh, music. Um, <coughs> yeah, I'm oh, blanking on this right now. But uh, I mean, I can't think it was a Cubs pitcher, but he was he had a big ordeal. They brought it was it was along that line. What you were saying, Nick? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Um, I I know who you're talking about too, and I'm trying to remember. It's all right. We're not a baseball podcast. We're not a baseball. No, we've already yeah, buried just got on, stuff on, on baseball. Yeah, previous, so. So. <laughs> all right. I think that's time. Uh, I mean, we got caught up with Nick. Um, now we, we <laughs> got to jump into the CJC. Um, uh, definitely an awesome cause. Um, you know, it's near and dear to, you know, you know, our local group, um, you know, within all of our gaming community, but I want Nick to talk about it. Um, so first and foremost, give us the highlights of, um, the CJC, you know, how much money we raise, you know, what are we doing for, for the kids here in the local Pittsburgh area? Um, anything else you want to add? Yeah. All right. Well, the CJC also knows the Clara and Yelena charity um, game convention that we have this, we had our second uh, annual event this past year uh, or this past May already. And uh, it is a cause to raise money for Camp Souls, another nonprofit organization uh, just outside of Somerset, PA, here in Pennsylvania, uh, all which is a campgrounds area that fosters uh, outdoor education uh, through fun for kids, and is a independently owned camp where with a volunteer entire volunteer based board member set of members that help run and make sure this camp is operating smoothly through the entire year and like i said the main focus for the camp is um by um you know outdoor activities such as like swimming canoeing you know arts and crafts pickleball all these all these fun there's a zip line there fishing uh nature study uh, these outdoor t- activities are all about just giving kids an opportunity to learn and grow and socialize in an environment that they might not be used to. Um, and the Clara and Clara and Yelena charity uh, raises money for the uh, Heads and Beds Scholarship Fund, as they call it. So we dictate exactly where that money goes to for the camp. It's not used for maintenance costs or anything. It's actually about getting kids who normally wouldn't be able to spend time at camp a chance to spend at camp completely free. Yeah, that <laughs> that's so important. Um, you know, to a kid's development. Um, you know, you know, from physical activities to socializing, uh, just feeling part of a community slash group. Um, it, you know, and a lot of people don't have the money to necessarily fund that. So I know it, it's, it's very important, you know, for our community, myself, you, Chuck, um, to be able to, you know, do our part to help, you know, as many kids go to, um, you know, th- this awesome camp and be able to you know, be a part of that community. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it, it, it means a lot to me in two fronts. So one, I'm all for you know, helping our local community, helping our the local youth grow and become, um, you know, better individuals uh, through life and giving them these fun chances. But also there's this other aspect of it where when you have a game convention, you have a whole lot of people coming together, um, you know, having the plan is to have a lot of fun. And yet everything you're doing is for a good cause. 100%. So, right. You know, like we have everything there um is about having a good experience 
and that's why we have the, the the events the way that they're set up especially for our tournament side of things like with x-wing pokemon and flesh and blood where you have chances to learn the game or enjoy fun little activities fun side events um or fun things during a tournament but then you know we all are competitive. We like the competitive side of things. That's why we mandate a, a cut to the top eight or top four for whatever event that's going on for whatever tournament. So that, you know, those who are, who want to compete and feel like at a high competitive level, they get that opportunity too. And we reward right. both sides of those coins too. Um, so that's why we have our raffle prizes. We have typically some prizes for just participating and then, um, you know, the winners of tournaments get to take home some nice uh, booster boxes for our card games um, and like and plaques and stuff, too. And it's all, you know, just, again, everyone having a good time, yet all doing it for a good good for a good purpose. 100 percent. I couldn't, uh, you know, second that um, being able to support, you know, as little or as much as you can um, <laughs> to to this awesome community, but also being able to compete and have that com competitive itch kind of itched. Uh, it's, it's nice. Um, I know, you know, I've done it for the last two years. Um, and you know, it does, it definitely has a feel of like a one K or something like to that, to, to that event, um, where you feel like every play is legitimate, every, and it's not like, like completely just like casual, but you're all, also being casual with uh you know having all the fun times with the with the raffles and all the fun things that we do on the side uh but also having that you know yeah that that, that meta focus i guess for you know those competitive players out there as well yeah one thing i i will say now that you bring it up is that i've been trying to figure out because i don't want to interrupt the flow of a pokemon game everyone's mm -hmm. thinking about it there's you know you're 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 taking your turn and stuff and so i'd love to like come up with an x wingo kind of thing for pokemon in the middle of the game or like something to look at after the game so that some people can just win some more prizes in the middle of a tournament <laughs> i don't know i gotta figure it out it's my dead draws dead ah, draws ah, reward people for dead draws <laughs> that's that maybe that could gotta, be it you gotta come up with the achievement points like uh yeah that's exactly I, exactly do it just like ptcgo did or or now live i know i don't know if you're jumping on live Ooh, but i have been playing do, live uh, uh yeah you you you, you do x amount of damage um in total and in one game and then you can get prizes um or if you take you know uh, if you play x amount of supporters or you dead draw and <laughs> you draw pass lose um something like you know on both ends um, yeah there's plenty of opportunities for that uh on an event like this Oh yeah, I know. That's that's why it's it's all about every year we all we're always about improving. Like um, I feel like this year was a lot smoother in terms of the process of how prizes were awarded for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know that that could be great because I would like because that's why this year for X Wing we did a uh, Tic Tac X Wing, uh, <laughs> which was a lot different than X Wingo, and apparently I made it too hard to get three in a row. <laughs> you can do something like that you can do something like that like next year uh for pokemon where mm -hmm. you know you talk to chuck and i beforehand and we're like if you face x meta deck you know so right. you can you can have like a, a tic-tac-toe as far as like you can like for this year you can go like lost box uh tina lost box um <coughs> gudra you have Lugia XYZ, you know, <laughs> and then you can have, you know, that, that kind of. That. Did a V star happen this game? Cool. Check. Yeah. Good. You, yeah, you exactly. accomplished it. Yeah. 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 So, so, 
things that uh, I used at the birthday bash with, which gets a lot of people clamoring, were achievement focused. Just the gameplay mechanics that aren't as common. Um, now, the fan favorite of quick balling a quick ball is gone, but um, you can alter ball and alter ball, <laughs> or yeah, alter ball to no hand. Ball was there um, last year, but um, things like that, uh, people love. Um, yeah. The you can the still research with there, a bl- research with a blank hand. Yeah, researching <laughs> with an empty hand, and then you have to get the re- requisite high five from your opponent as well. There we um, go. Uh, yeah, those 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 kind of things people really enjoyed, uh, as well as just just uh, I tried to th- mine by the that event. I'm trying to create kind of like some silly play things that are suboptimal. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. quick balling a quick ball. So I like, do you do this to get the prize, or do you keep the extra one for something different? Right, like that, that's the fun of it. So yeah, right. next year, next year, get with Chuck and I, and we'll, yep. we'll we'll come up with something. Yep. Well, next year, I will say the main focus that we're having, and this is something that I've been talking to Steve about a little bit more, is uh, we want to make it just as rewarding for players to show up mm-hmm. uh, and meaningful. So we might have to go a little bit more official in terms of our tournament, instead of being just uh, a less uh, uh, more. Uh, um, because right now Pokemon's unofficial, X Wing's right. unofficial. Flesh and Blood this year was an official armory event, which was a big deal because that came <clears> with <throat> an additional prize support that um at no cost to the local store at uh but it came right from the game developers. They sent us the prize kit for free. So that was a really big donation from them. Uh, which you know that we hoped, and so a lot of players earned in that game. It's experience points instead of challenge points. Um, so uh, you know, very similar concept. So we're we're always trying to improve the 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 game convention now. And you know, again, we're we're looking at. Oh, it's been four days, and I've been thinking about what's next. What's next on the agenda for next year? Um, because like I said, I I I want the community. I want the local community to have a really good time. Um. And, you know, if, if the local community is having a good time and you guys keep coming out for this, uh, we're going to keep doing this because, uh, again, everything goes 100 percent goes to the camp. Like there's no cut taken from anyone. It goes right to the camp. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can speak for Jake in saying that we want to help you make this get even bigger every year. Mm-hmm. 100%. No, no, I agree. I, I'm, I'm here to support you in any way I can. Um, but yeah. Sorry, before we move on, I want to give a big, big shout out to the Steve DeGood. Um, not only, you know, awesome as, you know, judging for the local uh, CJC for Pokemon, uh, but today he was announced that uh, he got invited to be uh, one of the judges for, you know, Pokemon TCG at uh, NAIC, which I know is a very coveted position for judges to, to be accepted and, and invited for from Pokemon, the company. Uh, I want to give a, a huge shout out to him. I know he's put a lot of work into our community, um, not only for this event, but just all of our local events um, from, you know, challenges to cups to um, just local play to, you know, one case, everything. He means the world to us here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he, um, he he is definitely, I mean, we have a lot of good judges, a lot of up and coming judges, but he is the one that is the rock of the community in my eyes. Um, and I love seeing, you know, that him move up in, you know, his career as a judge uh, from being a stream judge at some of these regionals and now being able to, you know, represent 
um, you know, Pittsburgh and himself um, at NAIC as one of the, you know, the top judges in the country. And we're very, very lucky to have him. Uh, yeah. So again, just huge shout out to, to Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve donated, I believe, a whole. Uh, tr- the it was the one who donated the Charizard Ultra Premium Collection for the raffle, uh, and I also think another booster box. The guy is just top notch in right. this community in all aspects. Yeah, so, it's not even just like what he does for the community as far as judging, accepting new players, um, dealing with you know all that. He, he is such a caring person mm-hmm. um, with his donations. I know when I've ever I've had you know issues. Um, you know, in, in anything he's, you know, in Pokemon, not in, po- like he's always there. Yeah. Um, he's probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm so happy and pumped for him. Um, and you know, I, I can't say anything else because like he means the world to me for sure. Real quick before, uh, you know, I know we're moving on here, but I did forget to mention we did raise over $3,200 this year at the CJC. Um, for those who are unsure, it's about $750 to send one kid to camp at this time for a one week trip. So we're looking at four kids guaranteed to go to camp with some leftover funds to maybe help out with other, uh, cause we, all the money again goes to the, to the scholarship funds. So even the leftover cash will be go at least to reduce the cost maybe for another individual or gets stacked into the rest of the pool to send more kids. Hundred percent. No, that that's super awesome. I'm, I'm pumped. I think uh, last year, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but I feel like twenty one hundred for last year. So we went we went above and beyond. There we uh, go. From this year, yep. I've been looking. I've been staring at the numbers uh, for the last couple of days. So it's been huge. And that, I mean, the biggest thing is our raffle prizes were big this year. Like mm-hmm. we got some really crazy prizes, like from Steve, from our local stores, a sports car junction stepping in for sure. Um, you know, for example, uh, green tree, uh, the sports cards in green tree, the vault, top deck game, top deck cards and games, they all pitched in a lot. And man, I'll just tell you what, that the, I mean, we had over three thousand dollars worth of prizes and we raised more than that right. and that was just a monumental to me no it's 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 beautiful to see um obviously the you know the cjc grow um uh, from last year to this year um in the community you know you know doing what they can um you know to, to support a good cause so uh, i love to see that i can't wait to see what next year holds especially um, you know, obviously I want to see, you know, you know, multiple games grow and be able to contribute as much as possible. Um, uh, but, you know, excited also to see potentially to make it an official Pokemon event, uh, yep. see what that's going to take and everything like that. So, um, keep up the great work. Uh, I know, you. um, you know, it means a lot, um, to be able to support the community like this. So, um, again, it means a lot just for you, uh, a big shout out to you. I mean, I give, you know, everybody else a shout out. Um, the work that you and all of your, you know, your, your community, uh, and volunteers do at, at the church, um, for, for everybody, um, you can't be understated. Uh, I mean, you're so, you're, you're such a big part of the gaming community here in Pittsburgh, um, regardless of Pokemon, X-Wing, Flesh and Blood and beyond. Um, so we're lucky to have you and just keep up the great work. I appreciate that. I really, it, it, it's, it's really, it's my spouse, Rachel. She's the one who uh, encouraged me to do this and she does, she supports every aspect of it. So uh, without her, I don't, I don't, this event doesn't exist. Right. Right. Chuck, you have anything to add to the CJC as far as just like 
community and everything like that. No, no, you we went over it. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks to the everyone else that helped out with the event in general, all the volunteers, everyone that came out. It was a a really fun time and weekend for me in general, just to be back in the Berg and see a bunch of faces I haven't seen in a while. So, uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. I love that you were here for it. It meant a lot to me that you managed to come out here. It was so much fun to see you. So much fun to see everyone again. Like it has to be sooner than the year next time I see you. Hopefully, I can make it to the <laughs> birthday bash. But uh, well, all I'm saying is, like that's why these events are important. Hundred um, percent. Let's go ahead and jump into a little bit of a quick meta uh, discussion. Uh, maybe some of the uh, the the decks that made the cuts and um, talk a little bit about Chuck's run. But before we get there. Um, I want to give a shout out to a couple of the local guys um, that are, you know, newer to the community here in Pittsburgh um, that made a deep run. Um, so I want to give a big shout out to Craig that was playing. Um, was he playing Lost Tina or Lost Tina, right? Um, it was Arctina. Arctina, Arctina. I knew it was a Tina. Um, no, Gudra. I met Gudra. He was playing Gudra. Oh, I'm thinking the wrong person then. Yes, Craig I played both playing Lost Gudra. Um, yeah. Uh, it was awesome to see you make um, top eight uh, and make a, a really good showing in the top eight, actually losing to Chuck, but in a very close game, uh, you know, best of three um, there. Uh, love seeing the improvement um, that you're making here locally um, and, and, and you know, your pro your progress is, you know, top notch. Um, and then also um, to the eventual winner, uh, Chris, that, you know, won with uh, Arctina, um, played so well. Um, you know, throughout the meta and you know, or throughout the tournament and making a great meta call. Um, and, you know, I watched a lot of his games since I missed the top eight. I, I wanted to hang around and hang out um, and just kind of watching, you know, him and others play. Uh, it was great to see him grow as well um, and really making a dominant statement uh, that, you know, um, Arctina might be um, an A tier deck, even though me, me and you have maybe not given it the love that it deserves. Um, and then also to you, Chuck. Um, making top four, uh, with Lost Box, uh, you had, you had, uh, Lost Box, uh, uh was it Sablesard? Um, Sablesard. Yep. Sablesard. Uh, seeing some of the sequencing that you made throughout, um, you know, the top eight plus just, uh, you know, in, in the Swiss rounds was amazing to see. Um, and, and you've grown so much as a player, uh, and especially after a couple of weeks ago where you were a little bit down after we went to the cup here in Ohio, um, and you, you miscut. Um, but you know, you stuck with it, um, and you know, made it made improvements and some of the plays that you made throughout the weekend was just, uh, amazing to see. So, um, love seeing the improvement through, you know, multiple members of our community. Um, you know, as much as it pains me that I missed the cut, um, you know, uh, on my winning in, uh, in a very close matchup, it was still very great to see, you know, you know, not only friends, just you know, as we're hanging out through the event, but just seeing some of the plays and the growth as our community um, is great to see. And I feel, um, you know, very happy to see all that. So um, I guess that's my piece, but I want to, I want to talk about your run, Chuck, uh, a little bit. Uh, so let's get into that. Uh, I'll be, I'll try and be brief. I mean, it was a, a great day of good games. Um, uh, I had, I mean, I didn't, I went through three tough opponents. I would have 
The only decision I may have regretted, uh, which was uh, taking the intentional draw with Chris in round five, because he would knock me out in top four. And uh, <laughs> I think he was making the old, cut anyways, He gave me the old, <laughs> I, I love the podcast uh, spiel before we took the ID. And I was like, he just snookered me into it because the it didn't matter. The matchup didn't matter to me. I could have played it, could have lost it. I was in, but he, uh, I was like, I'll be a nice guy. He Let's was go. making cut anyways, was, bud. You know that. Like, there was yeah, no yeah way. I know. <laughs> um, if he, if we probably would have played, he probably would have beat me just twice then. So uh, it was, it, that was the only, only decision uh, I, that I would say was regrettable. Um, maybe just playing an extra game with them would have been even more fun because we had a great top four match. Um, but I, I mean, top eight match with uh, Craig was great. I had to start the day playing his daughter and she was no pushover. Uh, she gave me a good run, run for money playing Palkia. Uh, I had to, I mean, it was a tough, tough set of matches. I had to go through Adam with his Mew, and uh, we all know Adam knows how to play Mew. So Yeah, he's been on my team challenge team two seasons <laughs> in a row. We made top 32 of the world, so yeah. not yeah, a pushover so, at all. Um, yeah, so, and then uh, I had a, a really close mirror match with Andrew, who was there, uh, uh, and uh, he had an unfortunate draw in game one, and then I eked out game two because um, he was making a killer comeback after what seemed like another unfortunate start. But, uh, yeah. And then tied Mike. Uh, he really wanted to tie at the beginning of the game uh, because we had we could make make an easy day of it. But I was like, mm -hmm. let's play. So um, let's play it anyway. And we ended up playing to a tie. Um, could, not, could not get it at the end before time ran out. Uh, because I did not even realize that time ran out. Uh, but that is what it is. <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. And then top eight again. Two great games. Two great sets. Uh, Craig. Um. The what was that? A killer set of three against the Gudra. Um. Went he back almost and had forth. you. He almost had you. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Um, he was down to eight cards left in his deck, and you know he he was trying to dig uh for that one last game winning card, well, and he just well, missed it. <sighs> Oh, you like I said that time when he did it because it came down to I had the combo in my hand to rope the Gudra, boss it, and Clara back the Zard that was eventually going to get killed, I think. But then right before I just took the knockout, he had benched Greninja, and my initial first thought was like, "Oh, sweet, I don't have to use the Echoing Horn." play because I thought he was just going to keep the Gudra out and make it really hard for me to just take that knockout. Um, but then, like I said, right before I attacked, I was like, he's going to ninja me for win. <laughs> right. Like, uh, And I was, I was, I just said, I looked at my hand and I was like, I can't dig anymore. Like, I think the only thing I had would have messed up the combo. And I was like, it's not worth it, I guess. Like, <laughs> you have to hit if right. I don't hit this, I don't win. So I just attacked and I was like, don't ninja me. Don't ninja me. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it just wasn't in his cards. I think uh, he said there was not enough energy in the deck or something to even do. He had the, the energy the recycler he was digging for. If he, if he hits that, he wins the game. Wow. Yeah. So, it was close. It was entertaining for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, 
yeah, so that means so that's what I mean. It's a super close matchup. Um, and then the, the the top eight was again not as close because uh because we're on it two two nothing, but uh they came down to the wire each game. Uh and the game ended on uh me needing two cards and only being able to get one of them. Um I don't think I had a better route. I think I might have been able to just throw the entire hand away into a rock sand and pray. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. But I ended up rye handing, ryoning, and and I, I just was like, and this is where I get two cards with Ryhan, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And then I win. Um, but that's obviously not legal. Uh, couldn't get both, so he he uh, picked up the victory because uh, he played it really well. Judge versus. Let's just say, yeah, Judge, Judge, Judge is a is a is a combo. Um, so no, congrats to you know Chris, congrats to you and everybody else. Um, you know it was a great event, it was fun. I think the meta was pretty diverse. We'll get into meta talk here, uh, you know, a little bit after our you know our middle of the show stuff. Um, but again, great event, and it, it's all possible by Nick. Uh, so again, thank you so much for bringing our community together for such a great tournament for a great cause, um, and we very much appreciate you. Well, I appreciate having everyone there because I like watching people play. And that's why as someone who hasn't been really playing Pokemon other than like on live every so often, it's been interesting because like it was like good to just watch mm -hmm. games again. And, you know, you know, Jake and I, we talked about your one match and like. I was like, oh, he top decked it. Like, you know, yeah. you yeah. know, like to see it in person again. By winning it, man. Like, oh, oh, man. Oh, was that, that was so painful because I was like, oh, I think he got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went to a... I don't really know what's 100% going on. And then I saw it and I went, uh oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for, for, you know, a little bit of reference there, I was, we went to game three. It was a Lukey Amir match. I would, I, early game, I went ahead. Um, but I had to get rid of a lot of like energy resources to be able to get my Archaeops plays out and to take knockouts. So I actually was up and ahead four prizes to two, um, you know, mid to late game. Uh, and I was in a position where I had to kind of like buy one turn. Um, and, you know, I, I was in an okay position. My opponent didn't really have a big hand. Uh, I believe he needed the, um, he needed um, the, the Tyranitar yeah. off a top deck. Um, or, or, uh, or, or something to find yeah, it, like, or the ball. Yeah. 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 The ball starts to find it, which all is all of his, um, nest balls were already used. Uh, so he wasn't able to find it off nest ball. So he's, he just needed to Tyranitar off the top deck and guess what? He gets Tyranitar off the top deck, um, and, and hits it and then was able to, you know, put me in a position where I couldn't catch up after that. Uh, but again, a very close set. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it, you know, obviously upsetting uh, for myself to not be able to make it in the top eight. Um, but it, again, um, it was it was still great. You know, to see people in the community, you know, show up, play these games, and you know, it was it was a fun time, regardless of how I did. Again, like I said, um, being able to support our community and in our members that you know got to top eight, top four, uh, and beyond was it was awesome to to be a part of. Yes. All right. With that right. saying, let's move on from CJC. Let's get into the middle of the show shenanigans. Let's get into some trivia. It's time for trivia. Trivia. 
Do you want to go first with your card of the day? Yes, I, I I'll go I'll go um, first. Um, so Nick, if you're not familiar, uh, we play a new game here. Uh, name that Pokemon this attack and or ability belongs to. Um, we're, we always pick or majority of the time pick um, standard legal cards. Um, mm-hmm. So this is no different. So this is a standard legal card uh, with an attack name. Um, and that attack name is Heavy Splash. So you guys can work together to try to figure out what this is. Well, it has to be a water. <laughs> it's like the three weeks I think he's done fish attacks in a row. <laughs> is it? I don't even realize. <laughs> is there is so oh, this is where my um uh I mean my mind goes to oh man heavy I want to I want to say magic harp because it's heavy but it's heavy splash so that means this actually does something yeah yeah it's uh isn't it the well does he have an ancient form no no like a Gyarados? Well, he, that's his evolved form, but I'm trying to remember. Like, uh, you, so we do have lifelines, um, Chuck. You know, you know as well. So if you wanna, if you wanna dip into the uh, lifeline you, pool, uh, probably just uh, what stage is the Pokemon? Is it, it is whale? A, man? It is a basic Pokemon. Okay. Well, see, now you might be on something with a Whalmer on that one, because that would be a heavy splash. And and Wilmer's a basic. I'm gonna, like, wait, I'm well, willing, whale, I'm yeah, to Whale concede. Ward is the evolved form. So Wilmer, yeah. Right? Or something yeah, like that. I'm willing to see Nick's guess on this one because I have been so bad at this. So I'm gonna say <laughs> Wilmer. Lock you in. guys are locking in Wilmer. Yeah, that's about what I got. I was trying to trick you guys into picking Wilmer or Whale Lord. Um, uh, you guys are on the right track, but this Pokemon is Dondozo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So it is from the new base set, uh, yeah. Dondozo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the, That's the, the attack no one cares about. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Well, of course, I got to pick the, pick the attack nobody cares about. Uh, but yeah, so one. Heavy Splash is for two water, two colorless. 120 damage <laughs> so you're never really going to use this attack um but you know it, it is what it is i have to go a little difficult because chuck is a master at at the trivia when it comes to any like those meta cards um again with myself i know the cards and i think it's been three four weeks in a row where i've basically been there at the end i described the card to a t but i've missed the name <laughs> So I know those cards, but I can't get the meta card. So he gives me those layups that I miss. I have to go a little deeper because if I give him a layup, he's going to hit it. All right. Well, speaking of layups, we'll move into mine. We've been doing, we're going to continue doing my random card from my pull from uh, opening a pack of cards. Now, I, I did say I when I opened all my packs this week that I've gotten. So I am doing this online at on on live because it's functioning at the moment so uh this attack name is called bedrock breaker bedrock breaker oh my god this is a meta card it is not a meta card okay well, good good bedrock it is a standard can i, can I have can legal I, okay so stand, I can i have the set it. that it's from 
It is a scarlet and violet card. Okay. Oh. Bedrock. That sounds like it's a fighting type. The Nick might be at a little bit of disadvantage. I don't know how much Scarlet and Violet you have opened. <laughs> I'm not going to be. Even play, I'll be honest with you. I haven't even played the digital one yet at all. Bedrock Breaker. So, I mean, it has to be, I, I guess, uh, Scarlet and Violet. It sounds like it's a fighting type. So, can uh, can we have the type? It is a fighting type Pokemon. Yeah, so, okay. that, that, that takes it down. Um, what are some fighting types? So, it could be the... Coridon, Coridon is the fighting type one, right? The okay. big, like the um, I guess. That, well, you a... we're we're gonna have to use the last lifeline. Is it a what stage is it? It is a basic Pokemon. Okay, um, fighting, fighting basic Pokemon. I mean, Coridon is basic. Um, he is fighting type. What else is there a basic fighting type? I have I have to refer to you. I don't know Scarlet and Violet very well. <laughs> what 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 is the name called again? Bedrock Breaker. Bedrock Breaker makes that me think a... it's, it makes me think it's like a rock Pokemon that's doing a fighting move more than a Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's cried on. Like maybe a Machop? But is that that's the basic, right? Machop. Uh it's like um the sumo wrestling one in the game still. Is he still in Scarlet and Violet? Was he in that? I don't remember. I don't think so. Hariyama? I don't think he was. Yeah. Har- no, Hariyama was not part okay. of the, um, this set. Okay. Hmm. Bedrock. Bedrock. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking this has to be Machop. He's the basic, right? He's the basic. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Blue, yeah. Yeah. That has to be my guess. I can't be right on. It does not sound like. Right on. I'll go with Gridon because I'm taking the opposite <laughs> guess. <then. laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'm locking in. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm locking in. I answered. All right. Uh, neither one of you are correct. Uh, uh, you uh, were along the lines of Gridon, thinking of uh, Big Basic. This is uh, one of the Paradox Pokemon. So Nick really would not have gotten this one. Uh, so it is an EX and it is Great Tusk EX. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. I would not <laughs> Great <laughs> Tusk. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I looked at that card and I'm like, this card's not good. So I <laughs> did not. I'm sorry, Nate. I know you love this card or want to try to make it work, but um, no, it's one like of those cards I overlooked. What is this thing? Oh, I see. I get it. Okay. See, right. If I would have said the other attack of gigantic tusks, you might actually that would have been. A good I, I would have probably got it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been. Dead. No, that's a good. That's a good pick. That's like cool artwork. But yeah, I forgot because yeah, that's art. normally he's a regular okay. form of ice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like it. I, I gotta like step it. up my game, man. I gotta step up. <laughs> step up. I think it's been at least a month since I got something. So. Uh, I definitely have to step up my game. I gotta get another like uh, trivia expert on, like uh, Andrew Hedrick or Gumi or something like that. Uh, that was or or, or Drake Gearhart that's been in the game for uh forever that can kind of just give me a layup <laughs> where yeah. I can just slam it down. Yeah, I I, I don't think I either neither one. It, uh, I think Gumi and Jake Gearhart gave us the two quickest answers in right. You try to stop me and it doesn't matter. I, I don't even think I finished. I, I don't even think I finished with Jake here. I don't even think I finished saying the name of the attack. And he was like, it's this. Right. Like, 
hundred percent. Although the, I think they were both legit picks, so that was fun. Uh, yeah. We'll get there. I'm going to vow to make myself a better trivia player and learn all these <laughs> Pokemon because I, I'm I'm usually right there, like I said. So we'll get there. All right. Well, let's let's keep it rolling into the fun new segment of who will win. And yes. boy, it's your turn. I have, a, I have a slap fight for you guys today. I thought of it, and this is slap fight. This has got to be the the best fight I can think of for me personally because I know who's going to come out on top. So today we're going to name who will win of the puffballs. Whimsicott versus Eldegoss. The two... I thought you were going to say Jigglypuff. Cotton ball versus, I I guess, the dandelion, but also looks like a cotton ball. So, who would win? What are the two options Wait, again? I keep thinking whims- Jigglypuff. Whimsicott, Whimsicott uh, versus versus Eldegoss. Eldegoss. Oh, I'm it's looking up Eldegoss. Hundred percent. Oh, oh, oh! I don't <laughs> know. I'm going with Eldegoss. Wait, who are you go? You go with? I'm Whimsicott? going Eldegoss. Okay. No, I know Chuck's going Whimsy because you know, obviously he was the Whimsy watch back in the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ooh, but Eldegoss, um, man, look at not only is he, you know, have those seeds that he can just spit over at, at, at Whimsy. Yeah, he, are, we, TCB, are we talking he, strict slap fight here, Chuck? Strap, are we talking, stri- or yes. are we doing a bit regular fight? Like, it's a regular fight, regular fight. Okay. Regular not only fight. that, though, the, uh, bring in a little bit of TCG love. He's going to get this what he needs supporter out of like nowhere to come down and just smack on Whimsy. Whimsy was meta. For one set, Eldegoss was always at least a viable option. I know this is real life, but no, it's 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 uh it's Eldegoss. Mm, I I might be on team Chuck with this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm checking stats. I'm looking at things here. I'm evaluating. You got a grass fairy type Pokemon. Yeah, which is very powerful all on its own. Mm, I think I'm on Whimsy Scott. I think. Well, yeah, I'm I with Chuck. Whimsy... I'm with Chuck. I can tell you why Whimsy Scott's going to win. Because when you, when you're just going to flip tails and your attack's not going to work. <laughs> oh, jeez. There is no flipping <laughs> tails in real life. And, These things are and, smacking and right into each other. And then, and then Whimsy Scott's <laughs> going to discard like eight tools and just say you're knocked out. Because that's what you, the other one You can't combine did. two different Whimsicots. They're not even the Whimsy's same. Got, he's one got tools for days, baby. Tools hold for on, days. Hold on, man. Now, one, one thing that's true is if you go by basically like the biology of Elagos, is it can just get kind of blown away in the wind versus Whimsicott. So no, man. just, uh, just one back, breath back in the and day, it's gone. When, no, man. When back in the day when, when you know, in our human history, when we we're trying to mill cotton, and you know, <laughs> you know those those cotton seeds are so uncomfortable, and that's basically what we, what what Eldegoss is. He's just going to have that rough, rugged cotton that's just going to dominate Whimsicott, and Whimsicott is just like a little, I don't know. It's just they're it's, both cotton. They're both wow. cotton, but. But Eldegoss has that ruggedness of the seeds that are just abrasive and they're just going to dominate. So I'm going 
Eldegoss all, right. all the way on this one. What's <laughs> funny? What's funny is I always thought Eldegoss was like a dandelion for the longest time. I just found out it's cotton. It's cotton. Before the cotton mill, it's cotton before the cotton mill, and it's going to dominate. So, I we listeners, triple P listeners, get on Spotify on the surveys, get into Twitter, and let us know. I feel like every week that I'm on the the, or team whimsy. I feel like every week I'm on the side that people are going to side against. And I, I, I'm That's passionate you're about wrong this, on this. No, I'm passionate <laughs> on this one more than any of the ones that I've been on before. But the Eldegoss is 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 that is the winning is the winning. Here's Pokemon here's game. a fun fact for you, Jake. Though Eldeg- uh Whimsicott is twice the height of Eldegoss. It don't matter. It can Size just sit on Eldegoss. It just so, sits no, on it. No, Boom. It'll sit on oh. it, and it'll get scratched up and and in and dominated by those seeds that are so. Uh, hard and abrasive. Eldegoss weighs 5.5 pounds on average, and Whimsicott weighs 14.6 pounds on average. I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's Whimsicott. You just sit, you flatten uh, Eldegoss. He'll sit on him, and then those seeds will stick him, and he'll jump up, and he'll be knocked out. KO right there. Please, listeners, let us know what you guys think. I'm sitting here and debating two support Pokemon who would win in a fight. <laughs> oh, I, I gotta right. up my game next week with uh, who would win. I think I'm gonna go off the Pokemon. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh. All right. Well, that is gonna do with the fun shenanigans. It is time to go get a word from the, our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, and we're back. Thanks again, uh... Sports Card Junction for being a great sponsor. Um, it is now that time in the episode where we get to give away another free ETB. Uh, this this is where the, this month's ETB is going to be given away. We have our lucky wi- uh, listener to be announced, and this week's wi- this month's not this week's this month's winner is Joe White. And you have to show up at Thursday League to pick up your winning <laughs> yeah. ETB. Yeah, if you don't show up to League, you cannot claim it. <laughs> uh, that's an inside joke for him. He'll get it when he listens. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank, thanks again for everyone for playing. Uh, it is uh, great to be able to give away free ETB. So, thanks again to Sports Card Junction. Yeah, and I also want to, uh, of course, give uh, a big shout out to our community, um, you know, supporting us here at, at Triple P, um, CGZ, and just the local Pittsburgh Pokemon community. Um, and again, shout out to Joe for winning. Uh, but you have to be there. I will be there uh, to make sure you're able to claim the prize. If you're not there, sorry, you don't win. <laughs> well, guys, right. I'm going to kind of jump in here because... Uh... I have something special to announce as a 
potential prize uh, for a giveaway. Oh, as An extra give- prize this month? Extra prize, yes. Um, we had some mistiming, unfortunately, uh, with uh, when some, some, a prize to the CJC arrived, uh, arrived uh, late to the event, but we were very successful this year. Uh, and due to Megumi uh, being a very good artist, uh, she painted a awesome Charizard watercolor last year. Uh, she uh, she was willing to paint another uh, item for us this year. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to donate as an extra prize to the event just because we missed it, but we did really well uh, to a listener to the Triple P. So let's go. Um, yeah. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Let us know. All right. Uh, and that is a really cool watercolor of a full size Lugia. Uh, just, just, it's awesome. It's so cool. It's in flight. It's, it's such a really neat piece of artwork. Yeah, really you... well done. Has their own personal touch to it. So couldn't have asked for a ba- better uh, painting to get um, just bad timing, but you know what? Um, she, you know, it's supposed to go to a good Pokemon community home, and I couldn't think of a better community who came out and support the CJAC. So, giving back to uh to Triple P by using this for you guys. Yeah, and you, you just sent me that picture, and it's beautiful, and it's <laughs> actually bad timing for the event, but great timing for this week's keyword because this week's keyword for the ETP giveaway was "Read the Wind," which is Lugia V's. Uh, you know, one of its attacks to be able to discard a card and draw three cards um, to try to get the Archaeops out there. So um, it's a great, you know, kind of segue into um, Lugia, which is such a great deck and, a, you know, a staple into this, you know, the, the current meta. Um, and also just a, a big shout out to Gumi, um, you know, a great part of, you know, the, you know, here in Pittsburgh's community. Uh, but also Oregon and then just, you know, Pokemon in general. Another shout out to Gumi. She was also invited to do the NAIC, um, you know, as judging. Um, so huge shout out to her. Um, you know, the Pokemon community is, you know, is very lucky to have her. Um, Triple P is very lucky to have her as a friend. Uh, and obviously Oregon, um, Ogren Pokemon, very, very um, you know lucky to have her as one of the um, top judges there. So, to enter for next week's giveaway is, you know, for this Lugia, the keyword is Gumi. Please, 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 guys, um, send us, um, you know, those DMs so we can, you know, give this um, awesome, awesome painting uh, away to an awesome community member, uh, in, you know, just as in Pokemon in general. Yeah. yeah. And you will obviously get to see it. We will put this up on Twitter uh, for you guys to see after when the episode airs and uh you know it might give you a nice direct link to dm us this keyword of gumi to win this fabulous painting and you will be competing against me and me as well well. i'm jealous (laughs) this was not for uh it wasn't for the ccc because i would have put most of my tickets into this painting uh so i i i'm i'm putting my name in the hat too i'm sorry I know we're breaking the rules. Uh, we're part of the the, the, the Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah, Pokemon podcast, it, but we're we want this too. It's 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 not breaking the rules because it's my prize this time. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah. So no, it's uh, oh man, 
I would have showed up. I was like, oh. Right, right. I, I was so bummed. I know I went up to you. I'm like, you went up and thing? asked me. I, I was like, something. yeah, because I got all excited. Cause she, she worked really hard to get that in. It was last minute for her. You know, uh, I like that's why I appreciate all the effort she put in to try and get here. I don't blame her at all. I blame uh, uh, bad delivery speed. 100%. But yeah, you guys, uh, you know, keyword again, Gumi for, for the enter the, into, into the, the Lugia drawing. Um, so I see, I, you know, I hope to see, you know, a lot of names in there uh, for this awesome, awesome cause. All right. And that's going to take us into the news. All right. So we have a lot of news. This is, this has been a fun episode already. We've been going on long and uh, long. Sorry, I know that we, we have people on both sides <laughs> that want longer episodes, shorter episodes. We're going to have a longer episode. I, I, it's already been it's already yeah, been uh, over an hour. Uh, you guys, the guys that want longer episodes, this one's for you. Uh, because I, there's like a good amount of Pokemon here that we got some spoiled from the new 151 set that I just I want to talk about. So, we still uh, have better I'm, discussion, too. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm going to jump right in to some of the Pokemon. Um, I wanted to start with a uh, Vile Plume card that will be coming in 151. Uh, uh, Vile Plume, known for its great abilities. Uh, this one, uh, not so, what's the word, uh, mean of an ability that it's been used to. Uh, where it was a large plants or was something was, was it before? Uh, it was one that would lock you out of things, but... This one is called Full, Full Bloom Energy on a Vile Plume. It's obviously a stage two. Uh, when you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may look at the top eight cards of your deck and attach any number of basic energy cards you find there to your Pokemon in any way you like. Shuffle the cards back into your deck. And then it can Solar Beam for three energy for 90 damage. Not there to attack, obviously. So it is a Energy Finder. Uh, it is top eight cards so uh <coughs> a vile plume with an ability i figured we needed to talk about it thoughts on this jake now did you say did you say that it attaches grass energy to any type or just grass type I forgot. Any, I'm sorry. any number any of energy basic energy anywhere yeah yeah i so mean we do have a lot of acceleration right now but this does seem like it's pretty viable um, we do see electric generator, um, seems some, you know, use in Maridon. Um, obviously, you know, it's a top five and then you attach, um, up to two, which is say what you want about that deck. Um, it, it, it definitely, you know, is popped up in the top eight a couple times here. Uh, this seems a little bit better as far as like that energy acceleration. Obviously it's a stage two, so you're gonna need rare candy. Um, I don't know if it's going to be viable right away, but I think this is one of those cards that you're going to need to see keep in your in your binder, um, you know, to make sure you know maybe you have some energy energy acceleration in the future. So um, I think it's definitely a viable card. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna second second your thoughts on that because I don't think it's going to be something we're going to use right away because these stars are still a thing. Uh, but once we're into maybe uh the scarlet and violet starts taking over and the the exs are are the more popular way of going uh this might be a great thing to just pop on there and then if you can hit 
two to three energy off this, it might just make your day or your 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 deck work. Um, so uh, I think that that will be useful later. So it's going to be hard to keep on on the on your radar. How about you, Nick? I know, I know so you're not like in there, but here's my thoughts with it like again it all comes down to how much other energy acceleration is currently in the game my initial thought is the fact that stage two <laughs> leads to the thought that this is going to be primarily primarily just for that um, release uh the draft release set i can see that being really effective in there um because you know how many energy accelerating cards have been in the past and those so if you get this in that kind of format yeah you'll probably you'll probably be actually hitting pretty quick in that but outside of it being stage two ah, i don't know the pokemon tcg historians would have to tell me i know this ability has been seen in the past we've seen it like with two cannon before or or to whatever the pre-evolution of that one but that was stage one and it was a little quicker mm -hmm. so it comes down to it comes down to what else it's around in competing against for energy acceleration yeah but, i mean we do have some acceleration right now with like i said um right. you know the energy of the the electric generator for a lightning type uh we do have lugia for special energies um and i know we do have like gardenas already for like grass type um we're we're still in a in a stage where you know there there is a lot of stage ones that are seeing a lot of play um but with Gardevoir still seeing a little bit of play with stage two um in the future um with it being any basic energy it feels like um this card is you know, pretty good in the future maybe not for the, like the short term interim um but you know i think i think it definitely has a spot um you know in the near future all right, I'm going to move this along to the next one because we're going to talk some birds now, as in legendary birds. Now we obviously... Yes. Part of the, so uh, they're obviously part of the 151, so each of them are getting a card, but we're going to talk about Zapdos EX because it's the only EX bird. Um, uh, they will all come equipped with an ability called Something Float. Uh, Zapdos is his Bolt Float. Uh, that, that the Pokemon has any lightning energy attached. It has no retreat cost. Copy and paste that to Moltres and Articuno. They have the same thing. But then Articuno and Moltres kind of have generic attacks. Whereas Zapdos EX has for three lightning multi-shot lightning. Um, so three lightning energy and it's called multi-shot lightning. You do 120 damage and this attack also does 90 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon that has any damage counters on it. So, um, this is a little bit of a bench damage attacker, which I know those electric decks like Maridon have been trying to squeeze one in, in the form of Magnezone. Uh, now we're going to have Zapdos uh, as well, and uh, does a pretty decent amount of damage as well. Right. So, I think it's well, boostable with Regilecki as well. So, with, with this card on top of, um, you know, having the the ionos uh, to for hand disruption uh, i think this card will be good initially at least to start with lost box um you know you you're able to do maybe make a lucha a little bit more viable um nick if you're not familiar familiar lucha is you know basically galarian zigzagoon 
Okay. Uh, yeah. But it does it to two bench Pokemon instead of just one, uh, you know, Pokemon anywhere in the field. So you can um, ping, you know, anything potentially on the bench and then be able to use this this attack um, in combination with the energy acceleration of, you know, the uh, the electric energy electric generator like i said before mm-hmm. um so it feels like right now lost box is one of those top decks so obviously if this if if, if lost box is still a top deck when this comes out um it will definitely hurt it um in any deck similar um obviously people are thinking guard of war uh, is going to be a deck um you know beyond you know the format we're in um with a bunch of the Ralts in there so you can take multiple prizes um, you know, so I think it definitely has a place in the meta for sure. Yeah. Um go ahead, Dick. Yeah, sorry. sorry, that was a big, big, big uh thought sigh into mm-hmm. um I mean my I guess my ish, issue with it personally is like I like the fact that it has that bolt float ability that's pretty good for something that is probably gonna be in and out. Um, and kind of maybe a juicy ch- chasing target in a way. Um, I don't know if the 90 is enough to the bench for me for it in a weird way. You, you, you get what I'm kind of saying? Because it's only 90 to one. It's not 90 to multiple. And it has the stipulation that it already has to have damage counters on it. So, <coughs> yeah, you can you can use it to maybe finish off. But uh, at least initial thoughts for me, I think this is this is like in that. Eh, kind of pays plus it's plus if it gets taken out you know um it one shots itself in a mirror too because yeah. its weakness is lightning being zapdos classic uh so you know you if you put this up against your opponent you could end up taking maybe you know three or four prizes in a way and you're hurting yourself by playing it in, in that regard yeah, I guess it just depends on where our meta is, right? Uh, because we are kind of transitioning from, uh, you know, big basics like you know Picarama the past um, to to any of these V Pokemon that are relevant that even evolve into uh, V Max or V Stars um, into the EX era where you know you have your basics like Gardevoir, like I said, uh, mm-hmm. or Ralts, like I said, um, that are are basic one prizers that have low HP. Uh, so there, there is a possibility of you know taking multiple prizes that way, uh, but you know depending on where the meta lies, um, you know obviously uh, Manaphy is still a thing, mm-hmm. um, so that could definitely stop from the the, the sniping area. Um, so I, I still think I see potential in the card, but I don't think it's necessarily meta to start um, right. as soon as it comes out. Potential is the right word. Right. How about you, Chuck? Uh, I I definitely think there's potential in there uh, because of the the way the meta is going to shift. The 90 can kind of become enough damage. Um, I just don't know where it fits in general. Um, the triple lightning energy cost is a little wonky for Lost Box because you can't accelerate lightning, lightning. Yeah, you, um, I think you would go with on for sure. Um, but uh, yeah. I, I do think it has potential, um, and it would be definitely easier to use in a Maridon than a Magnezone, uh, and you're doing the same amount of damage to the bench as Magnezone. Um, like, you're, you can effectively take the same amount of prizes as um, as either 
as the magnezone that they're putting in there without having to evolve it and whatnot. So I, I, at least in that front, it can kind of replace that if that deck is still worth looking in that round. Good points. But um, I'm going to move on to the next guy that always gets, or blob, I'll say, guy, girl, <laughs> anything it wants to be, because uh, it's ditto, and they always get creative cards. Um, this one is none the different, none... It comes with an ability called Transforming Start. It's basic Pokemon, 60 uh, HP, colorless as usual. But the ability reads, this ability can only be used if this Pokemon is in the active spot and only on your first turn. You search your deck for basic Pokemon, except any ditto. If you do, discard this Pokemon and all attached cards and put that Pokemon in its place, then shuffle your deck. This is pick your starter Pokemon. If you mm -hmm. have it in your hand. <laughs> Nick, do you want to start on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, This is a, uh, this is ditto in full on ditto form. <laughs> like this is what you want from ditto. Um, no clarifications I, I on it besides being a basic Pokemon. It's, yeah, it's just basic so, I I guess I guess you know it, it comes down to you got you got it gives you a lot of in it gives you a lot of outs. I don't I don't see too much wrong with this right now. I I personally I'm like if you're a Ditto fan, here you go. Um, right. That's that's kind of what I see it for. It's just and then you can adjust based on your opponent, right? So it gives you just an ability to. Not have to play, use items for other things or set up other. I don't know. It's it's a strong ability. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, on a deck like um, Gardevoir or you know Rolts or whatever, um, that could be an extra card to get an extra Rolts. Um, if you want to be Pokemon, if you're a, like a Maridon deck, um, or something similar to that vein, um, you can get out the the Maridon to be able to do its ability to kind of like set up. Um, you know, the versatility there, it feels like it's a pretty good card. Um, so I don't know, um, unless I'm missing something, I feel like, it, you know, at least it's a consideration of a one-off in a lot of different kind of decks. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, it's making itself a very hard case of being a one-off in a deck because you're essentially adding, like, if you have like a four of in a deck that you basically want to start. I mean, there's every you go through every archetype we have. There's one like Ralts, uh, Comfy, Maridon is something you want to start of. Alugia, you want to start that. Like all every deck has a one of they kind of want to be in the active. This essentially puts a fifth copy of that into your deck, right. Um, right. and or lets you become whatever whatever you need it to be at, at on your first turn. So. Um, it's a free search of your deck as well. Like, if you don't have a ball search, you still get to at least go and check your prizes if you can't do anything else besides this. Um, so, um, at least, yeah. at least it says it's only on your first turn because right. if this thing was any other turn, like any turn, this would be everywhere, right? Yeah. It would be instant yeah. auto include. 
oh, you took out something cool. Ditto comes up, just, you know, right back in. Or, I, I don't know. You, there's, I'm, I'm glad they put that. This, little, would be a, this would be a four of in Lost Box right now. <laughs> right, yeah. right, 100%. This, you, you just run Ditto, and then you just put a bunch of Dittos down, and you go, hey, uh, what do I need right now? <laughs> right. Go get that one. Like, yeah. Uh, it, but be that the way that they worded it, which I think is great, I think it is an awesome one of in a deck so okay i agree um, yeah. we'll see where this card goes um but yeah all right i have one more pokemon combo and a couple trainers uh i just wanted to get get your take on jake so uh i wanted to talk jinx ex um that's coming out um obviously another one of the 151 because of this one attack so uh, it's a basic Pokemon. It's an EX, 200 HP. It's a water Pokemon, which is not how I remember Jinx, but um, especially Jinx as a 151. Some, Jinx needs some love. It's ice type too. So, um, but uh, for a water and two colorless, Badum Kiss, it, it, that's the attack name. I'm not, not making a joke. <laughs> if your opponent's active Pokemon is asleep, it is now knocked out. So... For water and two colorless, if your opponent's active Pokemon is asleep, it is now knocked out. Uh, has another attack, but it doesn't knock anything. Well, Icy Wind for 120 damage, or, and it puts your uh, uh, opponent's active Pokemon asleep. But if we can, uh, if we just so happen to have an effect that like puts Pokemon to sleep, you can get a free knockout. Right. And wait, wait, oh wait, wait, I'm not done yet. Let's go to Hypno. You know, which evolves from Drowsy, which comes with an ability called Chance Hypnotism. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may leave your opponent's active Pokemon asleep. Whoa, so, it's like they comboed. Right. It's like it, they go together. It's like they go together. Pokemon is giving us the deck archetype right there. I think it's definitely viable. Um, at least... You know, at least as far as testing to start with, uh, we'll see the viability there. I, I I think there's something else coming out in the set where um, you stop status effects uh, as far as like energies um, to stop that kind of thing. Uh, so energy. yeah, so therapy energy will be coming out in the same set. So it's a, it's a matter of like is that cat and mouse game where do we play the, the therapy energy or do we play the jinx deck or is the jinx deck that popular? Um, it's kind of a count mouse, like I said. Uh, so we'll see where we lie. But again, it, it's definitely worth uh, play testing. And you know, if even if that therapy energy is a thing, we still have cards like uh, Fan of Waves. Uh, so I'm sure that would be in the Jinx, uh, the Jinx decks as well. Um, it's definitely an interesting archetype, and people um, should definitely try uh, to see if you know they can make something work out of it. Well, this is one that you definitely file away uh, and you keep on your radar because in, I don't know, a year's time when they release Scarlet and Violet 8, whatever they're going <laughs> to call it, the new, the electric bugaloo or whatever set they call it, want to call it down the line. Uh, and they print an item card to put your, like, uh, I don't know, the yell horn that makes your opponent's Pokemon go to sleep. And then it's, then you have an item and you have an instant knockout. So you just got you gotta gotta watch out for those knockout effects. So 
hundred percent. It's definitely at, at very bare minimum. It's like, hey, do I play this deck as fun as like a meme? Play a yeah. play on the ladder or something different from the normal, um, you know, meta archetype right now. Right, but yeah, with don't, it, don't as you're saying, Chuck, don't forget <laughs> about it as time goes on because all of a sudden Jinx EX could come in and be like, hey, remember that time where I I needed two Pokemon to put you to sleep? Here's an item, over and done with. Yeah, yeah. Well, with an attack name, but don't kiss. Like it is definitely going to be a <laughs> <laughs> So, I want to move on to the trainers. Um, uh, I know everyone's very sad that air balloon is gone so we're going to upgrade your air balloon to a big balloon uh big balloon it is a a pokemon tool that gives your stage two pokemon that this is attached to has no retreat cost not it's reduced it has no retreat cost it is a float stone my friend (laughs) it is a float stone for stage twos yep so uh yeah take that i mean it's a floatstone floatstones are ridiculously good it's a what you would call a broken pokemon card but we've localized it to just stage two pokemon so we'll see how popular stage two gets um this could be uh, a good card yeah i mean my first impressions are at you know at release it might not it might not be you know meta or something that necessarily needs to be in every deck uh, but as we go further and further along in the meta, as more stage twos become relevant in the meta, um, definitely can see this this card pop up more and more. Um, but like I said, I don't think necessarily at first it might go in Gardevoir. Uh, but right now there's no other stage two that is viable. So we'll see. Um, you know, I definitely think this is a card you need to keep um, in your binder uh, ready to go. Um you know, for depending on where the meta lies. Yeah, I, I me personally, I love when they finally fix something like with Air Balloon and stuff and stipulate it to certain Pokemon. Like, them doing Big Balloon to Stage 2, I think it's very clever, very smart. Kind of pushes the game in the direction I prefer to go in, but, you know. Um, so, if, if the game is mostly Stage 2, yeah, you'll see it used. If not, it won't see the light of day. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, then we can get into some more talk. Um, is Bill's transfer? So this is a supporter. I think it's kind of interesting, depending on where, uh, where the how the deck is built. Uh, look at the top eight cards of your deck. You may reveal any number of Pokemon you find there and put them into your hand. Uh, then shuffle the other cards back into your deck. Um, so it's not just pick one it is look at the top eight if you see eight pokemon you keep eight pokemon so is this a good card supporter it's, you say right supporter. Yep. it's 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 for the hypno jinx x combo that's why uh, <laughs> it makes perfect sense right for there that's all it's for get the setup here you go that's some, that's the way i view it <laughs> yeah i mean it depends on where the meta goes I know a lot of like decks are fringe using like Great Ball. Um, I think it's definitely necessary. It's probably a little bit better than Great Ball because you can get multiple Pokemon out. Right. Uh, Great Ball is like fringe use right now, but I, I, for a supporter, it's still, it's still a pretty steep cost 
uh, to use, especially when you have like cards like Professor Research, Iono that's coming out. Um, so it really just depends on, you know, what your deck's looking for. But I, I, I tend to maybe think that it might be on the outside looking in just because Iono is going to be a four of basically in everything, at least to start. Yeah, I want to, I feel like I want it to be good because I, I feel like the looking into top eight, you're going to find something. Um, right. Now, the question is whether you're getting the Pokemon you want, but you can also find multiple. So, I don't know, like a deck that just kind of wants to find a Pokemon, which is where like Great Ball kind of fits in, like not necessarily fit. I tried it in Lugia in in Evolution and set or the the the, the aroma is still better, unfortunately. Well, I, I the the math this is where the math doesn't help my argument because I feel like this is an early game card where you want to hit multiple Pokemon to set up well. But mm. when like I remember the math on on the the aroma versus Great Ball argument in Lugia is when you're when you finally get under like I don't know I think it was like thirty five cards or maybe thirty the the great ball odds are better than uh, than a flipping a coin for the aroma um, of being able to find the ones you want so um, that's where I was thinking looking at eight cards and then being able to keep any of them that you find you're at least finding Pokemon and you might get the one that you actually want to so. Right. I, I guess I guess the tough thing for me is it's a supporter, right? That's the well, yeah, there's that so true. many, there's so many much. Uh, uh, there's a lot better supporters out there, which is it, it, losing that for this is is the kicker for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like like you said, I think Professor Research is still probably a better card to right. take, to dig for Pokemon. Uh, I don't know is still probably a better card and even judge is still a, probably a better card um, to be able to find other uh, Pokemon outs uh, uh, from raw drawing into those Pokemon to any ball search. Um, so I feel like this card, you know, may see some play, but probably, you know, is on the outside looking in. All right. Well, that's where we'll leave it at that. That's the news uh, now. One more, one more. One more. NAIC, baby. Oh. oh, yes. Yes. NAIC. I almost forgot. NAIC goes... Uh, registration is, if you're listening to this, you can probably register at one point in time today, uh, unless you're listening to it like right after this releases. But it is... Um, registration for NAIC goes live today uh, in three different waves at different times. You'll have to go to uh, Pokemon's website to get all of that correct information. But it is uh, live today. Uh, register and get signed up so you don't miss out because seats are probably going to go fast. So, yeah. NESC is live. All right. Uh, so, with that, uh, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to move into a topic I know Jake wanted to bring up because uh, if you are on Pokemon Twitter, it is all the news right now. Not necessarily official Pokemon news, but it is all the big thing. Jake, take it away. What right. So, um, I, I believe this South America um, special event. Um, you know, I Open forget the players. Yes, uh, I don't have the the names of the players in front of us, but um, one of the players uh, that made it to the finals, um, you know, was caught cheating on stream. Um, caught cheating, just like in general. Um, 
and and I'm not here to call out any individual, uh, but it's more of just like a, a public announcement where um, regardless, um, you know, what happened. So basically what happened was he was um, stacking his deck against his opponent where he was trying to put bad cards on, uh, you know, his opponent's side. Um, and so they would top deck a bad card, which obviously would be, you know, in the dead draw and maybe, you know, maybe not stack um, what they need to do. Um, you know, and, and people are pretty blatant about that, you know, you know with their own decks. Um, but basically, uh, I guess where I want to, you know, talk about here is when somebody shuffles their deck or your deck or cuts them, um, don't necessarily always assume, assume uh, you know, that they have the best intentions for you, um, you know, regardless of who you're playing. If you're playing from a player like, Azul or Tord, or if you're playing a, a brand new person or anywhere in between. If you're playing against me or Chuck or Nick or anybody, whenever somebody shuffles or cuts your deck, I feel like, you know, regardless, just because it's become kind of like almost common thread, um, to to cut the deck, to shuffle the deck, to make sure. Don't just take your opponent's word for it. Um, be able, you know, you know, Cut, cut what they shuffled or shuffle what they shuffled. Um, regardless, uh, even if it's your best friend, I, I feel like it's very important just to be in the habit of, you know, you you cutting or shuffling, you know, what your opponent does on the, the opposite side. Even if they, if they shuffle your deck, cut that because, uh, you know, that is, that is you know, you, you know, stacking the deck um, is, uh, you know, highly illegal. Um, but it's it's so easily avoidable, regardless of who you're playing. Um, that you know, please, you know, you know, just to keep everybody honest, you know, from anywhere from beginner to you know the best of the best, um, just do it as as a habit, just to keep the game state as clean as possible. Um, it, you know, I know other podcasts have talked about this already, um, but you know, uh, like I said, I think it, it's just very important, you know, in Pokemon or any game that's a, a TCG. Um, to make sure that you you keep your opponent honest, um, cut that. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and don't feel, um, like you're doing something wrong when you're you know keeping yourself your your opponent honest. Um, in any facet, obviously this, um, this example, uh, of the player that was keeping a, a you know a, a bad card on the top deck and shuffling and never moving that top deck, uh, or that top card off the deck. Um, it is def- definitely very important um, to keep them honest, no matter what they do, even if they if, even if they interact with your um, with the game state or the board state. Never, ever, you know, feel hesitant, to, you know, to at least at least uh, cut what they what they shuffled. Yeah. And just to just to reiterate what the legal like within the rules, what you are allowed to do after a shuffle a deck search of any kind or a, a, a shuffle, you you present your deck to your opponent to either tap, cut, or shuffle. So if they tap or cut, that's the it. That's end of the line for the deck. You begin playing. If they choose to shuffle your deck, you then have the option to cut the deck after their shuffle. Uh, you don't get to choose. You can't shuffle it again, but you can take the what they shuffled and cut it uh, and then interact with the uh, and then continue back to gameplay. So um, just so you know, as as 
any all of our listeners know the 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 legal ways that shuffling and, and, and things go just so you can keep yourself out of those situations because if someone's trying to stack the dent it's trying to do the <clears throat> trick that you you can see online it's the video is out there of it that you can simply remove that ability by cutting the deck afterwards 100 percent. i mean i don't know nick do you have anything to add i know this is yeah, not necessarily I, I, pokemon no, CG related I, but I, I do have something to add to it though it's because Every time something like this happens, the first reaction to majority of the player base or to the at-home watchers of these events is they go on a witch hunt for this kind of stuff. Everyone mm. starts cheating. Just remember, the judges are good. <laughs> they catch these things. They see it. If you think you see it, it's great, but the judges will see it. It happens all the time. They can see them, they, you know, especially as the game goes further on. Did this player probably get away with it at certain times? Yeah. <laughs> awful? Of course. But, you know, when it's brought to a judge's attention, they pay attention. They're able to see these things. I don't know how many times I've seen it in games where as soon as something like this happens, it's a subtle thing. Everyone goes, I see it. I see it happening. I see it happen. It's clearly not happening. And then all you're doing is burdening the judges. You're scaring the players. So just if you do really, really, really see it, the judges have probably have seen it also. Right. And in in this case, I mean, I'm not trying to witch hunt anybody, but like right, right. Uh the play, you know, the players definitely um you know top decking, um, stacking the deck in in his favor against his opponent, and then like doing you know, board state situations where he's trying to distract the player from potentially um, doing that. Um, again, it doesn't matter if it's me play or you're playing against a new player all the way up to toward Reckliff. I don't care who it is uh, just to keep it on the up and up. Always, always um, keep it random. Either shuffle your opponent's deck, cut their deck. Um, even if you don't do anything, kind of keep it in the middle of all three of those. So you, your opponent never knows what you're going to do um, just to kind of keep it at that most random and, and, you know, deck state as possible. Um, regardless of what you think your opponent's going to do. Like, like I know this, this player was trying to distract him with looking at the discard pile, but looking at lost cone with even fist pumping your opponent, um, regardless of anything like that, it is always best practice to, to randomize what your opponent did, did, um, and just to kind of keep it the, a clean as board state as possible. All right. Any more on the on this topic? Because I know you you you, you, had, thing, your piece, if, you make... if you want to see some interesting cheating, there's a couple of really good YouTube videos out there for other games. I do highly recommend them because there's some pretty good ones out there that are like this is nothing compared to. Some intense cheating <laughs> moments in trading card game history right right yeah again my last uh, my closing thoughts is always cut your opponent or shuffle your opponent um, regardless if it's your deck or his deck um just just do that just to keep the ga game as clean as possible um even if you don't feel maybe necessarily comfortable with that you can always bring a judge into it um you can have a judge shuffle or cut or something to that effect um uh, just to kind of keep the game as pure as possible uh, obviously there's always going to be cheaters out there uh, but we want to keep the the game you know as much as a one-on-one skill-based game as possible um and, and that's just one step to do uh to keep it to that state 
All right. Now, I think we need to move into our Hartford predictions. Right. And round out the episode by picking out what's going to do well this weekend at Hartford. Right. So, um, where do we want to start with this? What what's well, gonna win? Let's go with so that I want no. Well, I don't necessarily want to say start with what's gonna win. I want to start with what is seeing a rise in play. Um, you know, from our last regionals, even to our CJC events and others, uh, other events that I've seen, is Arc Tina is seeing an uprise. I know Chuck, me and you, at least me, have given that deck a kind of a B tier thing. Uh, but with Arceus. What's it say again? I, I wouldn't. I didn't want to say it was just us. I feel like everywhere I go, right, big team players give that a pile status. Like it's just a pile of cards. So right? I mean, agreed. Uh, but but it's seen success. Uh, um, in in you know, lo- like I said, locally here, um, in regionals, it has the Babero engine with uh the Squovit. We talked about Squovit to length last week. Uh, but Tina being able to basically one shot anything. Still being able to hit through, um, like mill tanks and things like to that such, um, the deck seems pretty popular. So I guess my question to you guys, um, is with Arctina seeing a rise in play, with seeing such success, um, in you know regionals and local events, how do we feel that Arctina is changing the meta overall? Best prediction I can give about what's what I think is that a Pokemon deck will win. <laughs> You're going just, out on a limb there, my yeah. I, you know, I'm just throwing. I might be going crazy here, but uh, I just to me, I, I personally, I, I can't add too much. So I'll leave it to Chuck. All right, Chuck. I want to hear what you say. Does Arctina change the way the meta is? Because I know two weeks ago Garatina was up top. Arceus Tina is really kind of maybe changing. So what do you think um, is the metagame right now? Um, I think, see, Arceus, I think Arceus Tina has a decent um, kind of setup through the matches. I think it it's one of those decks that maybe doesn't have a lot of really bad matchups because I can't think of one that is kind of terrible for it. Um Gudrum might be awkward because you might not save the auto knockout. Um, you might not be able to save the automatic knockout for Gudra um, because most of the times they are star birthing and just relying on the 280 hit from uh, Giratina. But that wouldn't be enough um, per se uh, against uh, a Gudra deck. So I don't, I don't know what it's bad matchups are offhand i haven't really looked into it that much um but uh it does feel like it has a semi good matchup into lost box because of the heavy amounts of judging um and pathing that it does um now pathing isn't the path of the peak isn't a huge detriment to uh um, your ninja certain version certain versions of lost box are more effective than that than others but um it is a it is a version but the um the the ability to basically judge almost like every turn 
especially later in the game. Uh, there's when they're usually saving those. Uh, it really hard. Uh, it really holds up Lost Box, which is probably the most popular version. Uh, the most archetype popular archetype out there. Uh, it really puts them on the back burner because Lost Box is a combo deck. It needs to build its combo in its hand, and it's really hard if you see four fresh new cards every turn right. to build a a combo. Um, so it, that's that it might feast on those a little bit. Um, but uh, then again, it all like does that squovit like that thing pulls in work. Uh, for don't get little... me started on school of it, <laughs> but it for some for some reason they never get burned by it. So I don't know. Um, it, it is school of uh, it for the win. Yeah. Um. It so... is. It, I, I, it has a. It has a good opportunity, but it is kind of. I don't want to call it a pile. It's one in a regional. I don't. I can't say it's a pile anymore. It's, it's just. It's one a regional. It's one RCJC, which is probably more coveted for sure. Uh, and I think the deck is great. It, it does great against a lot of different decks. Uh, Guardi is a little bit on the on the downturn. And again, Arctine, I think, overall is pretty good against that matchup. Um, but because of Arc Guardi going, or, or Gardevoir going down, his stock going down, and Arctina going up, Lost Box is still in a good spot. I think that really, really opens the door for Rapid Stark Urshifu slash Inteleon um, because of, of matcha or of weakness and bench sniping. As much as I've been down on our um Urshifu, uh the Rapid Strike version, I think it definitely can do a lot of work. And I know it's seen a lot of it's not a lot of love, but I think it definitely can see some some upplay. So what say you guys? <laughs> it's gonna be the pile meta. I feel like it is definitely gonna be the pile meta because <laughs> uh, uh, that car, that deck has been called a pile more than and than Arctina. Uh, and I'm guilty. Just because, I'm guilty. Uh, just because that card doesn't have like it doesn't have an inherent way to draw cards. It just purely relies on a few draw supporters, and if you don't see them, you can't draw. So it, it relies on it relies on the octopus really. Yeah, it relies on on uh, octillery, and it it's really heavily, it like really baits in not bait it relies on the yoga loop. Um, and I just don't. I mean, you could. It will be able to kill Arceus's really handedly. I just don't know how uh, it fares against the Giratina. Um, I mean, it's can... not going to one-shot the Garatina, but it, de it definitely can take Arceus out and set up Atina for a two-shot KO and then kind of rinse and repeat where you can, you know, boss up. Like, you can horn a boss up another Arceus and then take out a second Arceus on top of uh, Atina for six prizes right there. Yeah. There's no uh... defense... For Arctina versus that, if 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 that comes up to play, yeah, it forces the. I think it forces the Tina player to have the automatic to use the Giratina V Star rather than Star Birthing, because um, if you can just clap, even if it takes out the 
Um, the RC, if, if you can just take the Urshifu out the next turn, um, you you might put it on its heels to be able to do anything back to you. Um, but then again, who am I? I don't I don't play either one of these, so it's really hard for me to say which matchup would be a little bit more favored. But they are both like I've seen them both in many a tier list in C tier, pile tier, whatever. Like this deck doesn't have a draw engine tier. Like these these two may be on the you are right, they may be on the rise because just certain things are everything's up in the air with, with mm. this and well and it, it can kind of capitalize on this, but yeah. So like, with with Gardevoir really seeing a down a downtrend at least in this meta until Iano comes back, um, I definitely think Ur Urshifu is a deck. And I know Nick, you've been out of the meta you know for you know a little bit, uh, but Urshifu was definitely a card that you know saw a lot of play. You know when we were both doing the when the yeah. with the podcast, yeah. Um, and with the Arceus deck that's seeing an uptick in play. Um, how do you feel like a, like a deck like Urshifu, like single or rapid strike Urshifu, would you know take advantage of that that weakness? I guess. You know, it comes down to like you guys were talking about. It's all about the consistency of the deck, and I think that's I think that's the biggest factor for it. It it seems like it's lost uh, a few tools that it needs, but it has its still main play state. It's it's main uh cards like artillery but i don't i don't know just playing counter for the sake of playing counter has always been a bad recipe for me in the past right personally so at you know yeah if you come up against it you know it sucks essentially eh, darn it. It, it you know but like like you said it's not what what's it going to do against everything else and right I think that's the that's the things you got to think about if you're even considering playing it. And I don't know. I, I, I at this point, I would think Rapid Strike is is hurting. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree because I'm obviously Arctina is on the rise, but I don't know how like popular or percentage percentage is going to see. Um, so obviously the, the, the Urshifu would do well against specifically that deck, uh, but Guardi is on the perceived down low, but if it, it sees any kind of stabiliz stabilization, it would kind of just like wreck Urshifu. Right. Uh, so I guess like it's still just like a very big meta call. I don't know if, how much, I mean, we've seen people play Urshifu as it is now. And, and do pretty well. You can make day two with it. So uh, a couple more people might pick it up, but I still think it's going to be a fringe play. I think you're going to see the Arctina do go up in, in some play because you you can't win. I mean, you win events, people are going to start picking up the deck and playing it in a little bit more fashion. Um, so what you might see is some people who may have been jumping on Lost Box because it's the most popular part, maybe go back off of that to Arctina because um, everyone's got some Arc Arceus's and some Tina's and kind of can build that deck together. Um, so that that really is probably going to be the one deck that goes up. Um, I can't see Gardevoir dropping too much. If anything, I think we're going to see a Gardevoir redemption story because I think the deck's good. 
Um, it just needs, I don't know, the right pilots behind it to take it, take it to the next step and, and, you know, uh, just be a little bit luckier, uh, uh, you know, maybe not see so much lost box in their matchups. So if lost box takes a dip, maybe it goes up a little bit, who knows, but mm, it, it, the meta call on this one is, I definitely want to say like Arctina is going up, but you're probably going to still, still see a good share of what we've been seeing in the meta. I don't think there's going to be a, a too much of a huge, huge shakeup right. from Arctina. Like, I guess. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to remember the last regional. I can't remember the name. Um, I mean, the last regional we saw Arctina take down, uh, you know, Lugia. And I think uh, Lugia is definitely a deck that is, you know, I'm high on, but it's definitely very hot and cold. Where if you get set up, I feel like you're in a really, really good position depending on, you know, the matchup. Uh, It's definitely good against most matchups if you get set up really fast. Uh, But that deck is definitely something that can hurt itself. I, and I saw that at the CJC where, you know, there was multiple matchups where I just didn't set up quick enough. Uh, it was like two or three uh, turns before I got the Lugias out there or the Arceus, the Archeops out there. Um, so where do we think that, you know, the Lugia matches up against, you know, the, some of the decks that we just talked about? I, I can see it matching up pretty well. I, I still, still think that's a good deck, but... Um, well, what's hurting put... it right now is the question to ask. In my, I think opinion. I think uh, I was just gonna say I think the only thing that really hurts it is you run eight coin flip cards or six right. six to eight. Yeah, um, running running the the Mezagoza and the Aroma, uh, depending on your coin flips, it can really can make a break in your early games. So I feel like uh, Lugia, if it sets up and gets two Archeops in your in your discard pile. In your first turn or two, and being able to evolve and get them onto your bench, you're almost in a you know such a a, a winning state. Depending on you know, no matter what you're playing against, you're you're fine. Uh, but if you miss that in your first turn or two, you might just lose the game right then and there. Yeah, so it, it's it's a it's along the lines of uh, I want I don't want to say like very similar to Maridon, but if you if you whiff some big openings, uh, you're gonna have trouble getting what you really want to set up. The reason, I mean, the reasons the the aromas and the gozers are there because you want the aromas don't really hurt it as bad because you can get something else you may want. But there's a point in time where you're usually using those coin flip cards for something that you want um, specifically, uh, especially early game. And if you get the opposite of what you want or you don't get it, it like you said, it, it goes very poorly for you because you don't have a right. lot of backup. And it's the same thing in Maridon where you get your Pokemon you want, but if you have missed the electricity generator and you don't see enough energy, it kind of goes bad for you because you're not running very strong Pokemon so, uh, behind that. The um, difference between so, the two decks there, though, a Maridon feels like it's really good going first or second. Obviously, it's gated on the electricity generator, like you just said. Uh, but if you hit one of those, or it, you're you're you feel like the early game is going in your fire in your favor. Uh, but with Lugia, it feels like 
you have a little bit more setup to go, especially if you're going second to get to get everything going on. Uh, but once you're set up, I think if Lugia goes first and it sets up, it almost could be anything, uh, regardless of what they do. Yeah. Oh, most most certainly. Um, the 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 I, I, the best analogy I could think is like Lugia is is like a very I don't know disorganized work state. Like you just uh, you got stuff laying all over the place. It's all over the place. Stuff is buried under stuff. But if you can put all that stuff together where it needs to go in your first two turns, you have the tools in front of you to beat anything else in the meta at the moment. So uh, it is, it's all about whether you can fix it, like get set, set up what you need to get set up to be able to execute the rest of the game. And then all you're doing is managing resources the rest of the way to make sure that something, some kind of cheese doesn't get you because you should have the tools to handle everything else in the meta. I agree 100%. Before we, you know, end this, I want to kind of just do, you know, a meta prediction in in Hartford and see what do we think is going to um, have a good showing, I guess. Uh, If we all had to pick, what would win Hartford? Well, if you're asking me what's going to win... Um, I'm gonna put it on the back of the deck I've been playing for a while, um, because I think it can win and beat everything in the meta, um, and that's Sablezard. Um, I think someone's gonna change up some cards because I feel like I've been playing something really close to what um, Pablo was playing. Not Pablo, Pedro was playing <laughs> um, in EUIC. And it just needs a couple of charts that just, just, just changing it like maybe like five cards in the deck to better because that was tailored to kind of capitalize on what is popular in the meta. And some of it is, I don't know, some of it I think is like too cheeky and it's known. So it won't work anymore. Even if you did want to try and use it, um, like the like Mawile is what I'm calling out, even though I like Mawile. But uh, no. like so. It's just too cheeky, and it's not going to work anymore. People just when they see they see that their matchup is playing that, they can play around it, um, and then it simply becomes not an option anymore. So I think that just becomes another card to better suit other matchups, um, i.e., maybe some choice belts to KO Ar- Arceus's in one hit, um, and Giratina's in one hit from a Charizard, so that you're not forced to set up those knockouts um with uh Sableye. Right. Who knows? Right. But that's my pick. I think I think that's still a Sable's very good art. deck. Sable's art. Agreed. I before I go on to my picks, Nick, do you have any opinions on what you think um is a meta deck that might but, have a pretty good chance? But, yeah, based on who I kind of follow and stuff, I, I like watching Lesage like his deck reports and stuff and mm. Arctura Umbreon uh was a deck that I had looked at when I was like <sighs> it's something that I, I seen that I kinda like. Um I I don't understand the deck fully, but I don't know. Uh, those are <laughs> it seems solid enough but not top tier. But I'm gonna go with that as a um as an underdog card then. Hundred percent. 
And Lesage so, is definitely behind that too. So I mean, it's yeah. Lesage is a great player, and he's definitely behind that. Um, so based off of you know what my evaluations of the current meta is, I feel like if you see, you know, Arceus with Durham, it's it's probably better when you don't see a lot of um, Urshifu. Uh, but if if Ur- Urshifu is a big deck, I think you know Arceus Urshifu is probably the call and that is basically what i'm going to pick is i'm going to do a um i'm going to well not arceus i'm sorry a, a lugia urshifu i think i feel like urshifu with lugia is still probably the call even though single strike right yeah, single strike urshifu where you can go through the the duraladons Dur- you can go through the gudras um that are seeing a lot of play um, and you can see the consistency of, you know, the deck, um, you know, early game, even if you have to go with one of the Archeops, uh, where even if you, you see, you know, you know, early game with just one or two Archeops, um, being able to charge up, you know, your single strike options to take, to take knockouts over, uh, multiple prizers or single prizers there's a lot of like prize card manipulation there um so i i definitely think archaeops um uh, with lugia single strike is probably um you know my bet and that's where i'm kind of leaning towards at at the moment yeah that's a good call um i think yeah i think we get recover <laughs> we're covering good ground on either either side um but we we do know that hartford's going to be uh, another good showing of the meta and i think we're going to see a lot of the usual suspects mm-hmm. um hopefully um we'll get to to catch this guy jake on some stream game hopefully maybe. hopefully hopefully uh that's i mean that's where i'm i'm lying right now um i'm you know hoping to to you know make day two uh, to you know, push my boundaries, try to, to up my game. Uh, I feel like I, I've made some strides to the positive, maybe some strides to the negative in the last couple months, but um, really hoping to make good showing, you know, regardless of my world standings, um, at the, at the moment. But, um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, representing you know, Pittsburgh. All right, well, I think we've went on long enough. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and, um, Nick, we'll give you the floor. Any kind of shot you want to do. It's, it's, it's your window if you want. All right. Well, I'm obviously going to shout out. Um, if you guys want to join us, we're definitely doing another CJC, uh, Clarion charity tournament next year. We'll figure out the date. We'll come up with all the information. Uh, so you can check us out on Facebook. You can look us up as CJC tournaments. Um, uh, also shout out to camp souls, uh, the charity organization that we, the nonprofit organization that we raise money for. Uh, if you're interested in sending someone to a camp, like children to a camp or as a family, they have family camps at the end of the summer come September. It's a lot of fun. It's only a few days. Uh, and you get to spend, eat some really good food. Uh, <laughs> Julie, the, the cook there is awesome. She makes some amazing uh, dinners, especially for family dinner. Um, so yeah, uh, 
uh, you know, so I'm always happy to send people towards Campsoles. Um, and so you can learn more about them at Campsoles, S-O-L-E-S dot org. And I, you know, um, I think that's about it for me in terms of uh, major shout outs. Um, yeah. Well, thank you again. You know. I'll make sure there's I'll make sure there's quick links to all of that in the show notes, too, in case you uh, want to be lazy and not type mm-hmm. anything in. You can go to the show notes <laughs> and, and click on a link and take you right there to uh, those and websites. Again, I want to just thank you, Nick, um, you know, for capsules, for the charity, for for, you know, everything you mean to our local meta uh, for Pokemon, for X-Wing, for, you know, flesh and blood and beyond. Um, but again, I want to also thank you for, you know, everything that you've done for me and the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast in general. Um, you may be on different ventures in your life right now, um, but, you know, without you, uh, there's no such thing as the Triple P. And, you know, I just want to thank you and, and give, you know, all the love to you and, and everything that you represent um, at this point. So thank you. Oh, you make me <laughs> blush. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. No, I appreciate that. But no, it's you guys. You guys are crushing it. It's awesome to listen to you guys uh, from time to time when I have a chance. So, uh, great work. Keep it up. And uh, yeah, it's this is pretty much the only podcast. If I'm listen, thinking about Pokemon, I immediately just return to this one. Thank so. you. It means the world to me. Oh, you know, I should be shouting out though, real quick again. I can't thank Steve enough. Steve the good, Professor Steve, all the hard work that he puts in uh, to any time I throw a thousand questions at him uh, for the CJC. So thanks, Steve. Yep. You're welcome. welcome. And and again, <laughs> thank you, Steve, Gumi, everybody else in our, you know, our local community and beyond. Um, again, uh, this was a, a longer episode, but I thank everybody for sticking with us till the end. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if 
As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.